Hello, and welcome to this edition of Secure Networks, the Endace Packet Forensic Files, with your host, Michael Morris. This week's very special guest is Chris Greer, protocol analyst and instructor for Wireshark University and prominent YouTuber for Wireshark Knowledge. Chris, welcome. Thank you for joining. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? What's going on, Michael from Endace? It's good to be here with you. Thanks for having me. Um, as far as my background, uh, it, the, for those that don't know, I do have a YouTube channel like you had mentioned, and I like to just share tips and tricks on network analysis, troubleshooting, and also how to do cybersecurity forensics. So if you haven't checked that out, go ahead and pop over to YouTube. Um, but how did I get to where I'm at today? So I actually started... Uh, Years ago, I was doing some tech support for a company that had a packet analysis tool. So that was one of my first jobs. I was brought in as an intern to help them design small networks. And then they were like, oh, here's this packet analyzer. So you should learn that. And then we can start to answer some customer questions. And I'm like, a packet analyzer? Well, what's that? You know, so I learned first about networking, going through the the Cisco track, CCNA and such, mm -hmm. and then um, got started into learning how packets work, how to capture them and how to interpret them. And then to help that company answer the questions that they had coming in from their customers. Okay. So I was just hooked because I thought what was so cool about it is that no matter what problem they were facing, they were trying to look at it from a packet perspective. So I thought, this is really something here. This is something that I didn't learn in my Cisco test. And <laughs> it seems like every answer that we were able to fi find mm -hmm. revolved around capturing and interp interpreting TCP and these other protocols. Right. So that's that's when it just sent me on a on a trajectory for, for using packet data. Great. Now, I love your YouTube channel. Um, as I was telling you before, I, I don't do a lot of deep investigations myself nowadays in my current role, but uh, I always love learning the tips and tricks you have to share on there. So it's it's really a great channel for our listeners to check out. Thank so, you. Glad to hear that. Yeah, digging in a little bit, um, things evolving right in the security industry. And as as you know, threat hunting is really growing in, in importance for organizations. What are some of the reasons you see from your perspective why that's happening? That's a good question. Um, and for me, something that I think is clear out there is that companies that are getting breached have, they have SIMs, they have IDS, they have IPS systems, but they're still getting breached. Yeah. So that means that, okay, we have to have good security practices, policies, don't click on that attachment style stuff, but we also need to be actively looking for threats. And that's the difference between reactive, so incident response, IR, and threat hunting. When you're threat hunting, you're looking for stuff when you don't really have a log event or a warning to tip you off. Right. You're going looking when, or really hunting, when you don't even know if anything is there. So I find the companies that have that part of a SOC team, mm -hmm. they're a bit faster on the reaction time, and they might even uncover some breaches before they really happen. Oh, that's that's great insight because we're, we're seeing that in spades of SOC teams are so overwhelmed with um, alerts and indicators of possible compromise. They can't get through all those. And, and yet it's all about connecting the dots. And that threat hunting is part of that connecting the dots, right? Is this really something to worry about or is it a false positive? Yeah. So from your perspective, what do you think some of the biggest inhibitors are 
for organizations to move from that purely reactive point of view to to the more proactive, you know, higher level security posture where they're doing continuous threat hunting. Yeah. So I think it's keeping it simple. I mean, talk about a needle in a haystack. You just mentioned that SOC teams are getting overwhelmed by log events. I mean, now let's throw packet data at that. Right. Right. So now you do a lot of times a log event or even a net flow or uh, something that's going to summarize a traffic stream. Right. So they're, they're either looking at an event that happened or like, like take NetFlow, for example, I'm going to mm-hmm. take, I'm going to record this part of a packet, this, 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 and this, maybe the four tuple um, um, uh, protocol identifier, and then a handful of other fields. And you're able to store that and do analytics on it a whole lot longer than you can packet data. Right. So that is one challenge I, I think I see out there quite a bit is just the sheer magnitude of capturing all this stuff. And then finding that little needle in this gargantuan haystack, right? So in addition to watching our speeds and feeds coming and going from our front doors, I think something that I've been working with my clients is just to start back up and then maybe we should go to that user front line where the traffic load is so much smaller. And then Mm -hmm. we can be a bit more specific about where and how we're capturing and looking for uh, anomalous behavior. No, that, that's a great point. So speaking of that, you you often do network performance analysis for your clients. Um, share with us some examples of, of things you're looking for, uh, your approach on how you tackle the problem or the ask in the beginning, and, and some things you found, um, maybe not intentionally when you started, right? Yeah, sure. That, and uh, that's a an, an interesting statement is like when we first started, maybe we weren't looking for this specific thing, but whoa, what is that? Why is your printer scanning your network? Right. <laughs> so that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah. So uh, by, by profession, that's what I do. I'm a consultant f- for doing packet analysis mm-hmm. for clients. So they'll call me up and say, Hey, th- this is weird. This is slow. This is wh- whatever. And, um, what I'll do is I'm always thinking from a packet perspective. So although they might have a tool that's installed that helps them to do, more of a network performance or application performance, maybe an APM tool. Um, that's great. But for me, I'm always thinking, okay, I'm a packet guy. Packets are what generate that metric anyway. So I want to get it from the wire as much, as close as possible. And then ideally, if it's a client server type of application, mm-hmm. I want it from the client, I want it from the server because those two PCAPs are going to look different, right? So getting in there and looking at those issues. Uh, so things that I look for, uh, looking for TCP hanging up, looking for retransmissions, looking for, all right, I sent a request to that server. It took 30 seconds to get a response back from it. Or or this reset that, that came out of nowhere. Where did it really come from? Right. right. Let's examine the IPTTL and see how far down uh, in, in the hop counts that it, it was actually generated from. So from a performance perspective, that's mm-hmm. why I'm so passionate about packet data, because those are often fields that are going to point me to root cause, right? not just blame shift, but <laughs> real, real root cause. Yeah, yeah. So in so doing that, I mean, just recently I was uh, troubleshooting a problem that I had with one of my clients where they were using basically a front-end web portal to uh, channel all of their users into their their front-end web application. And it was slow. So we went ahead and threw an analyzer um, on each side of that box. You could see what was coming in and you could see what was going out to the servers. And I found on the back-end PCAP, I was like, hmm, it's interesting that this proxy box in the middle 
is talking directly to your Oracle backend and it's sucking back like 500 megs of data and it's doing it every 10 minutes. Okay. And they said, no, it's not. I was like, oh yeah. And it's interesting on the other side, now that data is going off to Singapore or somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) So we basically found an exfil in process (laughs) and it just so happened that right when that problem was striking them was when the performance problem hit. Right. So the performance problem was not due to slow network or even slow web front end. That proxy was getting congested for a a blip of time. Mm -hmm. That's when their clients were experiencing it. And so, right, there's an example of troubleshooting a performance problem actually led to Whoa! This is a cybersecurity forensics. We changed hats. I, <laughs> you know, put on the blue one, and then now we're actually trying to see where all of this traffic is actually going. If I I could sit here for an hour and tell you about those different stories, Michael, because they're becoming more and more common. The more that I use my threat hunting filters that I have in yeah. Wireshark, the more I find strange behavior lurking around. No, I, I love it. You talked about switching hats. You asked before this interview which which hat you wanted me to wear or I wanted you to wear. Oh, yeah, yeah and, we, uh, can, we could just, you know, we could do some red hat stuff. Blue, there you know, there we go. Need? What do we need next time? All righty. <laughs> well, I certainly appreciate that. That's a great example. Um, so what are some other examples or threats you can only find with packet data? that you just can't find or can't fully understand maybe with, with just metadata and log data, right? Cause, okay. cause you hit on that a little bit earlier about, you know, trying to get through all this log information. And, you know, I, I talked to many organizations just overwhelmed with logs, but there's stuff with all that log information they still can't find. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and I'm not going to knock log data and, oh, and right. float and float it at all. Cause I mean, whoa, that's, that's the summary of, you know, that's the hundred thousand foot view. And some, sometimes it gets down pretty deep there. So if we're overwhelmed there, I mean, the packets, literally the weeds. Yeah. So there is a lot going there, but like we just mentioned, um, those events, let's just take, again, going back to NetFlow. Okay. I'm looking at this part of a packet, this, 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 and this, there's a lot of other fields there that aren't mm-hmm. investigated or even a log event. Okay. What, what was the traffic that actually caused that log event? Or even if it's an IDS, okay, something was blocked or false positive or, or whatever. Wh- what was the actual traffic that induced that alarm? And mm-hmm. really, was there something else weird going on? Because, I mean, attackers are trying to walk by IDSs all day. And they're mm-hmm. they're using all kinds of different ways of doing that. I, I just ran across a tool the other day where you can actually exfil data out of a network using the TCP sequence number. Four okay. bytes at a time. What is that all about? Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And if our IDS isn't going to look at that, then, you know, the, then that could walk right on by, give me a, a false negative. Mm-hmm. And from the packet perspective, if I need to look for it. So basically, so things like, um, let me give you a very simple one. Um, I have a filter on my uh, threat hunting profile on Wireshark where I'm looking for TCP SINs that are 20 byte header values, so they have no options. Usually TCP SINs have options. So I'm looking for packets that do not have options in the SIN. And specifically, the uh, TCP receive window is 1024. Here's the reason. That's what NMAP uses. Oh, okay. So if NMAP is doing a stealth scan, 
it will generate a 1024 receive uh, window, which, hey, can that be adjusted? 100%. Could that be spoofed? Whatever. Absolutely. But if it's just out the box end map, that's something that I'll look for. So with my clients, sometimes I'll hit that filter and I'll notice, hey, that's strange. Literally, your printer just has a TCP <laughs> packet coming off of it every now and then with a 1024 SIN with no options. That thing's end mapping you. Yeah. So I, I mentioned I kind of beat up on pr the, the printer example a lot because it, it's realistic, right? Where uh, these are the types of things where if an attacker can find a low-hanging fruit device that doesn't have a lot of protection built in it, i.e. <laughs> IoT printers, all the above, then they can stage an attack from that device. Then they can begin enumerating, scanning the network, looking for devices that uh, they can exploit. So... Um, that that's an example of something that might not show up on a log. No, that, that's a great example, and I love the fact you're picking on printers, right? Of um, we actually had a scenario, just kind of sharing with you a little bit. We had a scenario with one of our other technology partners where together, you know, they were looking at anomalous traffic, um, and you know, we're recording the network traffic. They were seeing weird behavior going out of an IoT fish pump. So the 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 aquarium had a fish pump that was on the network and there was interesting traffic going out of this fish pump and same kind of scenario right it, it the IoT devices and and printers I wouldn't even necessarily consider IoT devices right but uh right oftentimes those aren't um updated with firmware and you know they don't have the same kind of security things. So just the, the kinds of stories we we can share and we've learned in the industry, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and why is my light bulb ARP sweeping my subnet? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, and that wouldn't make it to the IDS, yeah. right? If it, especially if it's on a, like a user subnet that isn't necessarily, you know, if it's a router away, then that might not make it to my front door to then be caught right. by my, my IDS. Right. No, that's a, that's a great point. Um, so as an expert in network analysis, what, what tools are you seeing deliver the most value, uh, for organizations and, and what are some gaps you see many organizations still having? Yeah, good. Um, and this is going to come from a, a packet centric perspective because that's my space I live in. Yeah. Right. So, um, someone else might say, you know, we need more logs, we need more system processes, blah, 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 you know, but I am a packet person. So I think, um, any tools that can simplify packets, right. If you can take the mountain and make the packet data that this, at this period of time, I need this IP and I just need to extract it and just get very simple conversations. Mm -hmm. uh, so the tools that help them do that to yeah. simplify the mountain of haystack. Yeah. I find uh, those clients that I work with that have those types of systems, they get the most actual work done. Otherwise, if it's just like, hey, I've got a big petabyte packet capture device, who wants to, I don't want to read through petabytes of data. Right. You know, and a lot of times I, I, I have a, an idea of what I might be looking for, but, you know, someone that's newer to yep. um, looking through packet data, I think anything that, can help them help equip them to be better to find the packets that matter faster. Those are the type of tool sets. No, that's, that's exactly, I mean, I'd love to hear you saying that because that's, you know, part of our approach to enable people to use our packet data in the context of tools they're using. Um, and so that I, I couldn't agree more the importance of, 
it's hard to look through lots of packet data. So you got to get to the right data quickly. Right. So, right. And I will give you, I'll, let me give the end dates a little club plug because uh, <laughs> at uh, shark fest, I got to get my hands dirty on it. One time that was actually part of the CTF. You had to go to yeah. the end days probe. You had to go to a certain period of time. You had to yep. set this filter, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, then you could read and find the, find the flag. And what I liked about uh, the end days system is and this is y'all didn't tell me to say this this no. is just Appreciate um it. <laughs> if it takes me too long with a packet analysis box me if it takes me too long to find what i'm looking for i'm done moving on like yeah y'all made this too hard right right and i, I kind of know what i'm doing here so uh, i thought what was cool with the end days it was simple to go and say okay here's my time index right here's my conversation packets. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, this is great. That was simple. So, <laughs> you know, I will say that. Well, certainly appreciate it. And one of the things, you know, we're talking about that, you, you are highly skilled at looking at packet data. Talk to us about some of the skill gaps and training you're seeing um, in SOC teams and organizations and, and how we how we help those people out. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting you ask, you know, I literally just got back from DEF CON. Of- yeah. 2022. And um, I went ahead and this year, uh, it was the first year DEF CON 30 that they were doing post-conference training. Okay. So what they did is they accepted uh, different um, um, different trainers to offer a two-day training at DEF CON. I thought, you know what, let me, let me see TCP for hackers. Let's just, or, or ethical hacker, whatever, red team, blue team. And um, I went ahead and pitched that to them and they took it, they accepted it. And I thought, you know, this is just going to be a basic course that no one's interested in. And, you know, that it's just not something that uh, I, I thought there was more knowledge and awareness within SOC teams <laughs> and just the cybersecurity industry in general. Right. Well, I go there and I'm, I'm teaching this course and it was very well attended. The attendees came up and just talked about how they appreciated learning how TCP, breaking it down, how it really works. And these are conversations I know, Michael, we've been having on the the network performance side for a long time, helping network engineers know how packets work and how to use them to uh, troubleshoot. On the cybersecurity side, what I found is that there is a a huge gap, um, that packet space, being able to capture something and be able to interpret what's really happening on the wire. Right. Back to your question, especially in cybersecurity, there's hundreds and hundreds of tools. I mean, the cybersecurity certifications I've studied for and passed, I've had to just memorize tools and outputs. But great, I can run a test and I get this output, but where did that actually come from? Nmap is a good example. Yeah. How did that tool actually do that? And how can I find that on the wire? How does TCP look when we're enumerating an operating system to then be able to figure out if we can exploit it, mm. right? So that awareness of where all of these outputs came from and how this stuff actually works on the wire, mm. I think is a knowledge gap. And that's something I'm very, very motivated uh, through YouTube and other social channels uh, to be able to help fill in that gap for cybersecurity professionals. No, that's tremendous. I, I, and I see it across the industry as well, the the huge gap. So talking to people like you, having your expertise shared with our listeners is really what we're excited about having you on for because we know the importance of it and we we hope to see more people learn the value of what they can get so for organizations who don't have uh either continuous packet data or any packet data at all um or the skills to investigate an incident 
what are some things you recommend for them to be begin to develop those those competencies and those steps? Right. So just capturing somewhere, anywhere, just start collecting data. You have to. If you're not, I mean, it's a whole period. <laughs> it's just, that simple. Just, it's that simple. Yeah. It's a whole. If you have, if you're not capturing and you're not in, looking at those PCAPs, it fundamentally is a whole in your, uh, I won't say perimeter because the, of course there's firewalls and IDS systems, but right. there's a lot that those guys don't catch. There's a lot right. they let through. There's stuff being exfilled. There's conversations happening that look normal. Right. Just throw some encryption on it. Now it looks like Michael's going out to the web. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. But really, that's a different conversation. Yeah. So just start capturing, get a dusty old laptop and start a ring buffer. Maybe we can link one of my videos on how to do that. Span some traffic over to it and start capturing. Then mm -hmm. um, having the data doesn't mean that now we're safe. It means now we can go back through and set some filters that specifically look for certain things right. that we can begin to to mine and dig through. And again, not also also just not at that front door um, where our traffic's those main speeds and feeds. How about backing up to right. some of those um, user environments, yep. uh, some of our IoT environments, some of our mm -hmm. phone environments, uh, wherever. Um, so not just on those main speeds and feeds. I mean, these are areas where there's a lot less traffic. It's a lot simpler to find strange looking stuff. Right. Right. And, uh, yeah, just get to capturing and, and then enable the engineers to do packet data. Right. I find, or to do that packet analysis. I find in a lot of my courses, the people that come, they'll tell me they're network engineers and have been for a long time. Hey, Hey, my boss thinks I know this. So that's why I'm here, but I'm scared to tell them that. So I think the assumption is, oh, you're a network engineer. You can do packet analysis yeah. or you're, you're a, you're a SOC analyst. Of course you can read packets and that's not true. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. get the fundamentals, learn how packets work, how to analyze them in Wireshark. Once you have that, then you can go, okay, big packet type endace type tool now have a much better idea of what that thing's doing and how to use it absolutely no that's great insights chris and um certainly encourage people to sign up for your your trainings to to learn how to be better experts in it so awesome. my final question chris looking a little farther out asking you to be the prognosticator of where things are evolving what's one thing you'd really recommend to our listeners to think about or maybe adopt uh, over the next six to 18 months as they continue to, you know, get the upper hand in the battle of cybersecurity. Don't wait till you're breached. Great point. <laughs> Start now. The, the, the simple one I've heard on that. It's, it's not, a, it's never a, if you're going to be breached it's when. Yeah. Assume you've been, you've, yeah. you have been breached. Yeah. Now go find them. Yeah. Hundred percent, and uh, there's ways to make that simpler. Um, I actually have a threat hunting course that I'm going to be putting out soon. Make sure that uh, everybody has some links and things. But uh, yeah, do not wait till you're breached. Companies have, um, and uh, even the ones that the best of the best, it, it can still happen. So um, start to skill up now. Uh, get get your teams trained on how to do packet capture and analysis and enable them to be better threat hunters, that is one of the best ways you can keep your data safe. Perfect. Chris, 
thank you for taking the time to share your insights and your expertise with us in how to better secure networks. We'd ask our listeners to tune in next time for another edition of the Endace Packet Forensic Files. For more information about Endace's network packet capture platform and our integrations with our fusion technology partners, please go to endace.com. Chris, again, thank you for taking the time and uh, sharing your expertise. Thanks, Michael. All right.